Hello there, this is Aaron Osborne, the host of the Oblivious Maximus podcast. On my podcast, I chat to people about music and specifically records they really like. Andy was kind enough recently to come on and have a chat, and I've previously had guests from bands like Psychroptic, Cosmic Psychos, Violent Soho, Nails, and people from all walks of life who love talking about music. Head to obliviousmaximus.net for more info or search for Oblivious Maximus podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on social media. Brutal! Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. And before we kick into this week's episode, come on over and join me on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling is the place to go if you want to join the Cool Kids Club. Support starts from only a dollar a month, and it goes directly back into this podcast, keeps it growing, keeps the whole train rolling. There are additional tiers that you can uh, support the podcast and get access to exclusive content as well, such as bonus podcast episodes. Much, much more to come. Go over there, patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. Thank you very much. Now, let's kick into it. Here we go, folks. Episode 230 of the Andy Social Podcast is here. 230. Incredible. I can't believe how many episodes deep we are into this podcast thingo. Almost at five years, just blown away. And uh, here we are, another week, another podcast, another great conversation to share with you all. Speaking of, a return guest, Curse Juar of Juar PR, and one of the uh, co hosts of the Dumb and Dumbest podcast with Matt Bacon and Keefe from Ghost Cult Magazine. Um, Curtis is just a wealth of knowledge, um, and anybody really, if you're a musician or somebody in the DIY space in general, uh, the do-it-yourself or the decide-it-yourself space, uh, Curtis is just one of those guys you need to be following online and uh, definitely be listening to these chats that I've had with Curtis. So if you haven't already, go back to episode 225 of the podcast uh, where we previously got caught up and, and had a chat. And if you have listened to that already, you'll recall at the end of our chat that we committed to uh, doing another podcast. And here we are. So here's uh, a round two, so to speak. Um, we cover heaps and heaps of different things, a lot more music talk, um, a bunch of different tangents, and just a fantastic guy to talk to. And uh, I really want to uh, bring more and more people back onto the podcast as regular guests. And I think no doubt Curtis will definitely be back on in the future. So if you want to follow Curtis, you can do so on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I'll dump all the links in the show notes. But if you search for Duarpr, D-E-W-A-R-P-R, then you'll be able to find him. Um, Also go to his website, which is duarpr.wordpress.com. But as you know, everything's in the show notes over at andydowling.net or andysocial.net. But enough waffling on from me. Please enjoy this great chat with Curtis Duar. We made it happen. We uh, we we locked in a, a time and we committed to it, and uh, and here mm-hmm. we are. We're we're in a round two. So thanks for um, yeah. thanks for having a, another little chat with me. No problem. Um, I wanted to. Um, I had a bunch of notes from last time we caught up, and I thought I might just tick a couple of those things off the list, and um, and then I've got a couple of other things that um, we could talk about. But um, we'll we'll just see which sure. which way it goes. But. Um, you mentioned when we last spoke about uh, doing what you're doing now from a PR perspective only for the last, uh, I think you mentioned about four, four or five years or so. Um, what, what, what were you doing beforehand? Was there any anything music related that sort of led up to that point? And was there a decision behind you deciding to go down a PR path? Well, you'll be kind of surprised about the answer to that. So basically, uh, prior to that, I was doing, I was actually working for a hockey team for a very brief time. 
Uh, my dad owned a hockey team and I was actually helping him with some stuff like some administrative stuff, sales type things. Um, and then I had absolutely no background in anything to do with music whatsoever. And it just kind of, you know, just kind of happened because I'd been writing for some music blogs. Um, again, no, no experience in music other than listening to it growing up. And, uh, yeah, it just, I just started connecting with people and basically, um, I think the sales background, uh, was the thing that got me in PR, to be honest. Just, just, is it more of an interest of seeing what your input could lead to as far as getting results? Yeah, I think so because it's more, cause it's kind of like, I don't know what it is, but I mean, even though I have absolutely no musical training, I, I really don't know anything about it other than, you know, like I'm, I'm a fan. That's it. You know what I mean? Um, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you anything about anything musically. If you asked me a music term, I would just go blank. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, a lot of times people are talking over my head. They're talking about, you know, the production and the engineering and stuff. I'm like, I don't fucking know. It just sounds good to me or it sounds like shit. Right. Yeah. So, but somehow I'm able to, I don't know. I'm just able to build the connections. I'm able to build, uh, the relationships with people. So that way I can get people's music heard by other people that know about that somehow and i'm not really sure how other than the fact that i I think it's due to having a background in sales and marketing it probably gives you an advantage to not know a lot of the tech side of it all because as you said it either sounds good or it sounds shit and exactly and when it gets to a very sort of black and white uh approach with it then you're not sort of getting stuck in the weeds of you know the the sort of the technicalities of it all because you started to really size up these these finer details when ultimately i mean what you're pitching it to is the end listener and most of us out there that just enjoy music we just enjoy music and we're not trying to gauge what the reasons are it's either you turn it on you you like it or you or you turn it off so it's probably a little bit of an advantage to sort of come from that that angle well yeah i would imagine so too but i mean a lot of the times too it's like here's the thing is like I started getting uh, using another person to write most of my uh, press kits and stuff like that because I, I'm not familiar enough with the music to adequately um, sometimes describe it as well as he can do it. So he has a background in music. He's very good. He he's basically a music nerd. So he can he can basically put into words a better description than I possibly could, even though my descriptions are sufficient enough you know, that I can get someone to read my press release. Right. Um, so I kind of, that's, that's what I did in order to handle that, that thing right there was I just got someone who knew, knew something about music. I get them to do my press kits for me. I pay them every month to do it. And then I take what, and then I take it. I listen to the music myself. I go, okay, I think you're gonna like this because you're a fan of this band, this band, or this band, or just the fact, you know, just say, Hey, can you check out this band? Like I said, I'm, I can, I have the ability to do it where other people just can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, this, this is probably, uh, you know, coming from some of those books that you've read over the years about surrounding yourself with, uh, people with talent, you know, um, yeah. leaning on strengths and, 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 uh, identifying where your weak points are. So for you to be able to have somebody who, who's a little bit more sort of in depth from a, a music point of view and, and being able to put that copy together, um, that, yeah. that addresses uh, an area where you might not have as much uh, background or, or confidence in to be able to put it together to the standard that you want. So as you said, like you're, you've got this, this sort of sales um, aspect to yourself that you, you've got a strength in. 
So it's like, okay, yeah. well, what are the other pieces? So just surrounding yourself with, uh, with people that can help you get, uh, get the outcomes you want. Yeah. Well, basically, because I mean, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. I know that I'm good at, um, you know, contacting people. I don't really have much back off on doing that, uh, you know, whether by email and I'm also pretty good at establishing, um, who I think a band would fit with, like, or sorry, who I think would like certain bands. Like, you know, if I, if, for example, um, a band comes to me and they're like, we want to get a uh, placement at Metal Injection. If I think that they're good enough to get in Metal Injection, I generally know which writer to pitch, mm. right? Uh, same thing like if it was a Decibel or if it was somewhere or, or one of those other major places, like if they want a specific stream or I can usually, I usually know who the right person is to ask for that band. I don't always but, you know, I'm pretty good. That's what I'm pretty good at is establishing like um, how to who to best present a band to or how to get them in front of someone. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the last thing you want is to be putting all that energy into putting a pitch together for somebody who ultimately is not going to connect or understand <laughs> or get the full context or, or appreciation for what you're trying to sell. Ultimately, what you would try, try well, to sell them a, an he- idea. Well, here's the funny thing, too, is that basically my whole pitch will be like, okay, you know, this is a a, a doom metal band. Mm. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, they sound like blah band or, you know, it's a doom metal band. Because, I mean, my lack of musical training, I can't really get into the ins and outs of it too much, right? But I can be like, okay, this song was really good, blah, 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 blah. Or I can say, you know, I they kind of sound like blah, blah type of band. Um, but I think that does help because I, what I've seen like other people, uh, publicists and PR people that are do have a musical background is they'll start going into the playing and all the rest of that type of stuff and the composition structure, blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, cause the musicians, I mean, cause musicians like care about this type of stuff. Right. But I mean, like you said, the end product, the user doesn't usually care that much about it unless they're listening to it to learn from it. You know what I mean? At least that's been my experience. I, I could be totally mistaken in this, but it works for me. Oh, I think, I think, I think that's, it's hundred percent correct, especially for the majority of uh, when you're talking about heavy music in general, I think the majority of listeners and, and fans of heavy music will, will ultimately be very sort of black and white with, with what they like. And you know, they'll, they'll yep. nerd out and they'll, they'll get into detail, but it's usually a secondary thing after actually finding the, the 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 first the 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 initial appeal of of the song yeah. itself, but I guess the only other audience I could think of off the top of my head that would really appreciate a lot of that technicality up front would be um, that whole space around um, solo guitarists, instrumental instrumentalists, yeah. and things like that, where you've got a big nerd culture that's associated with it, where these guys are uh, bedroom. Um, musicians, um, they've probably got their own YouTube channels. Um, they're part yeah. instructional sort of, uh, you know, personalities as well. And so that kind of that kind of level of technicality would probably be really appreciated in a in an upfront press press release or a pitch or something like that. But um, but I think that's that's definitely an exception rather than rather than the rule. So I can I think that's as I said before, I think it's just an advantage to be able to come in without wading too deep too quickly because I, I think then once the door's opened and someone's got their attention, then you can start to, you know, allow people to dig in deeper where, where they feel it's necessary. 
I agree. Now, one other thing I want to point out too is when I do get those kind of bands, like the nerdy type bands, like like I said, I have someone that's writing press kits for me, mm. so he can get into that. And I also generally, as a general rule, uh, know what outlets are going to cover those types of bands yeah. as well, right? Like I know, for example, like Toilet of Hell, they're totally into technical death metal. Mm. You know what I mean? So if I got something like that, I go, oh, Toilet of Hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Or else, you know, there's writers at Metal Injection, same thing, same thing with writers at Decibel. There's writers at all these different places, you know, they're into that style. So if I go, oh, tech death or tech prog music or whatever, it's kind of like, oh, I got a general idea of who's going to like that anyways. And I can go, hey, I got this prog band or whatever, you know, uh, you want to check them out. So it, I, I, it's, it's still doable for me to be able to do that even without even that type of knowledge and sometimes it's even easier because i can just kind of go like oh well it's you know nerd music i know all these people that like you know i'm saying nerd music you know what i mean yeah yeah uh, no offense to anybody um but <laughs> you know what i mean it's kind of like i do know the people that are going to be into that and it's like the guys that are always talking about uh you know like music theory and stuff like that so i'm just like okay pitch it over to those guys and generally you know, they, they will be prone to listen to it if I know that, right? Because I know to say, like, you know, it's a prog album, you know, you like the style of music, blah, 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 type of a thing. Do you, I mean, it might be a mix of mix of both, but do you, do you generally try to keep uh, relationships up with individual writers um, over time or are you still sort of going through a main point of contact that you've got a strong relationship with, say, not so much just to, just to focus on metal injection, but any of these larger sort of publications out there, um, are you are you more fixated on having the main sort of point of contact there and building that relationship, or do you sort of maintain a lot of individual relationships with writers who may end up changing publications over time? I try to do just individual ones, and I usually don't. Um, I really don't go kind of like go and try to get relationships with people specifically because they're at a certain outlet. Mm. I don't think I ever have. I mean, I'll be honest with you. One of the best ways that actually got me connected with writers and something that still gets me connected with writers those very days is just using Twitter. Mm. I mean, half the time I don't even have a lot of, just as a totally honest thing, a lot of times you don't even have to send a pitch about the album itself to a writer if you're engaging with them constantly on social media mm. you have you send the press kit out you can see that they sent it sometimes you'll go like hey did you listen to that and they'll say yeah i'm planning on writing something up about it or something but i mean part of the whole process that a lot of people haven't quite figured out yet is a lot of times if you just stay connected with people on social media that goes a long way to getting your stuff covered yeah you know what i mean yeah. it almost acts as like a, a total follow-up even if you're not being direct about it, if that makes sense. Like I don't go into a lot of people with a heavy pitch. Usually you, a lot of times I'll uh, do follow-up email like every PR does, but a lot of my follow-up consists of, you know, making sure I'm talking to people on Twitter or on Facebook or on whatever, just to make sure that they they're checking my shit out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause if I'm still, if I'm at the top of someone's mind, cause I'm sending them an email to their inbox, plus they're getting the press kit plus they see me on social media, they're going to be more likely to check out one of my bands. And it's just too easy for people to to be 
distracted and um, exactly. sort of drowning in, in noise of people that are probably trying to direct sell them an idea or, or pitch them an idea. Um, and totally. so it's just it's just way too easy to, to miss out on things or forget things or just have every intention to do something but just never get around to doing it. Um, and well, here's one other thing, Andy, just, just, just yeah. to, sorry to interrupt, but before I forget is the other thing too, is just having the podcast as a tool mm. as well, because we interview a lot of writers and we interview a lot of media professionals on that podcast. So just having talked to those people, like doing a one-on-one with them, mm. that opens like a whole amount of doors. Like a lot of times I don't even have to follow up with those people now because when they get my email, they're going to open it. Yep. That's you it. know what I mean? Like, well, or, they have a connection with you, don't they? I mean, they've, they've, well, they've that, formed a connection. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, and it's not even intended a lot of the times. It's just like so a lot of these people that we've invited on um, have been Matt's idea or Keefe's idea. Like we had on the other day, for example, we had on uh, John Freeman of Freeman Promotions, who's a technically a competitor to me, mm. right? But, I mean, you know, at the same time, now we have a connection because we got along just great on the podcast. So, I mean, if something happens in the future – you know, I have him as an ally now if I, if I need him, right? Like he might, like I haven't tested it yet, but I would assume that if now, if I ever had a question or wanted some help with getting a contact, I'll bet you, I'd bet you, I could probably just say to him, Hey, you know, would you be willing to help me out? And he'd probably be more likely to now, even though he's a competitor, that's just one example. And maybe I'm mistaken on that, but you know, same thing when, when we interview, uh, when, when we first started interviewing Greg Kennedy from metal injection, mm. I didn't have that great of a relationship with Greg at that point. I, you know, I pitched him, but we didn't really know each other. But now when I contact him, he answers like 90% of the time where before it was 5% of the time, even if he's telling me no, (laughs) you know what I mean? I mean, we spoke about this last, last time about sort of the benefits of just relationship building and just sort of having this very sort of genuine approach with just, just interacting with people. And, And obviously Twitter's massive with, uh, it's a it's a great platform to be able to help people sort of really take advantage of that in in a good way. But um, for you, I mean, have you always sort of? I mean, you get it. I mean, the way that you you talk about it. I mean, this is something that you you're aware of. You've got the the self awareness to be able to understand how it works, and you're doing it you're doing it for for the right reasons as far as building connections with people, and it's not so much for an immediate win or an exchange or anything like that. It's just a case of just having having good people around you, but you know, your background, I mean, is this something that you've always had as far as sort of being very aware of just having relationships with, with, you know, good people in your life? Well, sort of, well, yes and no. I mean, it's more like, I I think it's, again, it comes back to that sales background where it's Mm. kind of like, if you don't, uh, if you don't keep top of mind with someone, they're going to forget about you. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and I mean, obviously I can't always keep, top of mind with everybody people you do drop off with people i mean i just emailed someone the other day that i realized i hadn't you know talked mailed at all in like six or seven months um so it does happen but i mean you do your best and just to completely answer your question i think it's more comes from that thing of just trying to be top of mind so that way people don't forget about you is the main thing and that's Mm -hmm. why we do the amount of uh social me and matt both do the amount of social media that we do um, and we do all the podcasts we do and all the rest of it. It's just to stay top of mind because like you said, there's all this noise out there. Mm. So um, most people, their version of noise is that they post once or twice a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? My version of noise is that I'm posting every fucking single review I've gotten for every single band I have every single day on Facebook. Plus I'm tweeting at least, you know, 30, 40 times a day. 
answering all my tweets, answering all my messages, trying to post on Instagram and all the rest of that in between my actual quote unquote work of pitching, right? <laughs> so, so your screen time must be through the roof. <laughs> it is. Well, usually, well, I mean, not exaggerating. I mean, I'm, I'm always, almost always doing something on it, but it, it is work at the same time. Like yeah, yeah. a lot of pe- a lot of times people will be like, Oh, it doesn't really seem like you're pitching very much. You're spending all your time on Twitter. I see you on there like, you know, six hours a day. And it's like, well, that actually helps me get reviews. That helps me get coverage and all the rest of this, all the rest of that type of stuff. Like I'll have bloggers reach out to me just as a result of a post I've made on social media. Mm -hmm. doesn't happen every single day, but I will. And then plus I also get client potential clients reaching out to me. It works when you consistently are using social media, but you have to do it a lot. And that's the thing is most people don't want to do it a lot. So as a result, a lot of people don't aren't able to do full-time careers because of the amount of work you have to do in order to keep it going. Because, I mean, if I don't continue to, you know, promote myself and promote my bands, A, they don't make any press. So B, I'm not going to end up getting paid or getting for any further clients because they're not getting results. So if I'm not getting results... I'm eventually not going to get paid. So I have to do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, n- I noticed that f- from my end and I mean, I, I use social media a lot, but even p- part of me sort of thinks, oh, like I'm, I'm not using it to its full potential. I'm still not using it enough, but I understand mm. how people feel that maybe they become a bit of an annoyance when they continuously post on social media because they feel that, well, really, the, the the reasonable sort of approach would be a post a day or something like that. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe, um, depending on the platform or wh- whatever you're doing, but yeah. um, you, know, you have to you have to keep it moving. And just because you think that the same person's reading your same the same post over and over again, um, the way that all these platforms work is that you know most of these people are never going to see your posts, or they might yeah. see one out of twenty or one out of a hundred. So you know to to sort of and flood's not the right word because I think when people think of the word flooding, it's more of a case of just posting any sort of shit and just expecting it to connect. But it's, you know, you still have yeah. to be intentional with what you do. But I just think that um, people have a real false sense of um, understanding what the potential is with social media and not actually using it to its full to its full potential. Well, there's another thing too, though, is a lot of people are scared or they're worried about what other people are going to think about them too, mm. right? So, I mean, I, I mean, I can't say I'm never, ever worried, you know, about what people think about me. But, like, I mean, I don't mind tweeting out something stupid. Matt will get horribly embarrassed by it, you know, and I'll be, I'll be, and he'll be like, oh, you need to take this down. And I'll be like, why? It doesn't really matter. Like, how many, like, really not that many people are going to see it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, there was an, there was a really, really, really good, um, I can't remember what it was, yeah, I think it was a book, might have been a webinar series with, uh, Frank Kern and Grant Cardone, Mm. where they mentioned that people are not paying as much attention to you as you think. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're not. And that even if you think everybody has read your post or everybody has seen what you're talking about, they haven't. Mm. And I'll give you an awesome example on this. I used to have a client who I'm not going to name, who I did a great job with, but they signed with a label that had an in-house PR. So I didn't get I wasn't given the opportunity to do their next album, even though I did great with them. Um, I had a great relationship with the band, the whole nine yards. They were totally pleased with me. I didn't get a chance to do their next PR. But the singer messaged me last year and said, hey, man, we've got a new album coming out. Would you like to hear it? 
I said, yes, of course. I'd love to hear it. Really enjoyed your album. Would love to hear it, even though you're not working with me. Send it on over. He did. I must have clicked. I must have seen the message. But I was out. I think I was out at the time, and I saw the message and forgot about it. And I find out five months later that they put out a new album, and I had totally forgotten <laughs> that I'd even had this conversation with this guy. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And so I pulled up my Facebook messages to message the bag. Go, why didn't you send me the album like you said? He'd sent it to me five months earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it wasn't because I don't like the guy or anything. I actually wanted to hear it. I just, you know, I'm out and about. I didn't, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't, you know, I forgot to hit, you know, Mark is unread. So I'd be able to follow it up later. Mm-hmm. And I just, I totally forgot about him. And even though this is like a band I liked, I was intending to listen to, but I just forgot about it. You know, so, and the only reason why I remembered about them was because I, like I said, I saw, I saw a post later about it. I think it was like from a a major site saying, you know, this band has just released their new album and it's awesome. And I was like, oh, why didn't anybody tell me? (laughs) (laughs) So so that's just one example right there. Well, it's, I mean, and it's, it's a great one because I've just, I've thought about all, like, whether it be me starting, you know, in the whole podcasting space years ago, or even the band and just trying to, trying to get people people's attention and you send them messages and and then you're so scared of the follow-up you're so scared of of sending hey just want to make sure that everything's okay did you get it or anything like that because you just yep. feel that you're just you're pissing people off or you're gonna you're gonna wreck any sort of relationship and you think that the relationships that you may have are so fragile that a follow-up message or an email or, or whatever it might be would be like the tipping point of just uh, destroying that relationship and so i think people yeah. are just really really apprehensive and, and uh, worried about, um, you know, just basically, I think, I think people just naturally have this sort of, um, uh, distaste for just talking something up or selling something about themselves or talking about themselves. So I think there's only a very small percentage of people out there that really genuinely have no issues whatsoever with just talking themselves up all the time. Um, and so I think people just get a little bit too modest for their own good, and as a result, they they suffer because they get forgotten. And I've I'm heaps of people out there that I've I've tried to interact with over the years, and I made a lot of mistakes early in the piece by just being too scared to to follow up because I already thought that I was invading their space. I already thought I was being annoying. Um, but then over time, I just realised. Um, I think it might have been it might have been Tim Ferriss um, or somebody else that I was listening to a podcast, and they had this really good quote. And I don't know who originally said it, but it was something like, "Don't confuse malice with busyness." And, mm-hmm. and just like, just because somebody doesn't get back to you or they don't read your message or they don't respond or anything like that, or they have, or they promise something and they don't fulfill it doesn't mean that they're intentionally uh, disrespecting whatever you're doing or, or whatever you're involved with or not care about what you're 100%. doing. It's just a case that people, people are busy, you know, people just have stuff yep. and, and, and there's a lot of stuff to, to balance and juggle. So once I sort of, well, there's one you know, other thing, well, there's, there's one other thing too, though, is that. Um, on top of that is that most people are not going to be upset if you follow up. Mm. There's only a small percentage of people that are. I mean, I've had people get mad at me for following up. And here's what usually, in my experience, is the case. Either A, I said something stupid, mm-hmm. or I, I, I approached it stupidly. That's usually number one. Uh, B, they're having a bad day. That's number two, and they don't really mean it. They're just mm-hmm. being snarky. Like, I don't know about about you, but I mean, like, I, I don't know how many times I've been interrupted while I'm working at home, you know, by my kids or my wife or whatever. I snap at them and what the fuck, you know, but I'm not really, <laughs> you know funny. what I mean? But I'm not mad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
you're irritated at that moment, but you're actually not mad at them. Mm. And then they go, they go away. They go, oh, you know, Curtis is being an asshole or whatever. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. I'm I do, sure you 100%. do because everybody's had it. Right? Every day, every day. <laughs> yeah. See, there, there you go. So we've, we've all done it. I do it almost every day too. Cause you're, you're engrossed in your own thing. And then you see something pop up that you don't want to really deal with at that second. So you lash out at the other person, but it's really not them. It's just something else that's going on. Mm. So, but, but if they came to me later with the exact same thing, like my kids or wife or whatever, or cat or anybody, um, you know, I'm going to respond completely differently. So you have to keep that in mind too, is a lot of times it's just the person's having a fucking bad day. Mm. So they get put you on blast, but they're not going to do that later. Yeah. Um, and if they do consistently just put you on blast, you know, you know what, you might want to just stop following up with them because they're, a lot of times you don't need them. There's so many people out there, like here, especially with PR, there's so many writers out there. There's so many publications that you don't need to be hung up on just one writer. So if you got this real asshole, and most writers are not assholes, there's only a real small percentage of people that are. But, you know, if you got this one person that's just consistently meaning like, why are you following up with me? That type of a thing. And just always being grouchy, you probably don't really need to deal with them. That's right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, especially at the larger publications, most of the people that, that write at those larger publications are generally, as a general rule, at least in metal, um, you know, they really like the music, they're fans of the music. Sometimes there's, you know, a, a new writer will get in there that's kind of snotty or whatever, but most of them are actual fans. They appreciate be, getting contacted. They appreciate be, getting asked to write stuff. Um, but you know, just sometimes it's just like they're in the middle of something. They don't want to be bugged. Maybe you got them in the middle of a work call or something like that. And you, they saw your email and their boss was chewing them a new one and they just decided to lash out at you. Anyways, that's my spiel. Uh, it's, and it's, I mean, it's so hard to remember those things in the heat of the moment, especially if you're already, totally. um, you know, for me, like when I was sort of first starting out to try and tell people about the things that I'm involved with, you know, you're still trying to find a level of confidence in what you do. So you're, you've got an element of being somewhat fragile um, and you're, you're already defensive thinking that something bad's going to come back anyway. And so you're sort of already preempting that you're going to get a snappy response or somebody's not going to care about you or what you do or anything like that. And so it creates this false sense of reality around you that ultimately just holds you back. Um, and just understanding that, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of like the people that have, um, a bit of social anxiety, you know, you walk into a crowded room and then you think everybody's looking at you and, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, judging you or, or hanging, hanging shit on you for whatever you're wearing or what you look like or anything like that. But then once you realize that most people are, are probably in the same thought pattern as you and they're all worried about themselves or their own little yeah. dramas, their own little stories, then you realize that actually no one... And as you know, and this is in a positive sense, no one actually cares. No one actually cares exactly. about you and what you do because they're so engrossed in their own little worlds. And that, I mean, you know, looking at it from the right way, it's 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 a real positive because then you know that you can sort of you, you can interact with people and not having to sort of instantly be in a defensive position, um, trying to you know uh, battle somebody to try and win win their affection over. And even just touching on what you said before about particular people who just notoriously are just angry people or just, you know, upset people or, or, or negative people. Um, I think sometimes we get so fixated on one particular pe- person thinking that they're the gatekeeper and, and the person that's going to be yeah. able to bring the opportunities. And we start to put all yeah. the eggs into one basket mentally. And then we end up losing all these other opportunities that may on the surface may not seem like the initial sort of 
priority. Um, but we need to be able to shift and, and understand when to pull the plug and say, well, okay, well, I've, I've pushed as much as I, I feel is necessary with that particular avenue or that particular person. So let's, uh, let's reevaluate and, and go in another di- direction just to save resources, save, save that mental energy that's just being wasted at the moment by thinking that this person, this particular person or, or avenue is going to be the be all and end all. Agreed. I mean, the other thing too, is you also got to realize too, is just the fact that, you know, if you have something there that you're trying to get done and it's like a good thing, it's not something that's going to actually harm someone and you're not doing something like that's a bad thing. And if you actually believe in what it is that you're trying to contact the person about, there's no reason why you should be worried about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's right. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, a lot like just, to go back to a little bit to what you were saying, like I've had times where it's been like, you know, I've had a client be like, I want you to pitch me to the, like this massive place. And I'll be like, there's no fucking way in hell this place will ever want to do anything with you. I don't really know anybody there or anything like that. I don't really have any contacts there, but then I'll do it. And all of a sudden I'll get told yes. And I'll be like, Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It happens. Yeah. I've I've had that many, many times where it's been like the band, oh, we really have our heart set on this major publication, be my major publication I've never talked to, I have no contacts with, and then I'll just randomly get in there and I'll be like, oh yeah, sure, we can do that. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, cool. And then it's like, suddenly you got this new contact too. So, you know, the worst thing that can ever happen is that you get told no by somebody or they kind of snap at you and then like, what's going to happen? They're going to kill you? You know what I mean? (laughs) So... Yeah, I, I just find that it's you know, it's the old saying, um, it doesn't hurt to ask. And I think the only time it does yeah. hurt to ask is how you actually ask. Um, and so if, if you're coming in with the wrong intention or the wrong delivery or whatever that might be, and you're not considerate, <clears throat> pardon yeah. me, um, then... Then obviously, then that's going to have have a have a consequence. But you know, there's no there's there's no harm in in throwing throwing the hat in the ring and trying to trying to uh, you know see see if there's an opportunity there, even if it does seem like it's slim. Um, you know, yeah. if you've got the intention there and you're coming at it from the right angle, then at least there's there's a chance instead of zero. Um, you may as well exactly. may as well give it a shot. Yeah, and the other thing too is that again, it's just like you know, if you get told no. Who cares? You might get told no like five or five or ten times, but you might get an eleventh time get a yes. I mean, I've had that so many times with publications. Mm. Like it took me years before I got any of my bands into a certain major publication. And now it's a lot easier for me because of the fact of, you know, I guess I don't know, maybe I've worn them down. I don't know. <laughs> but um, you know, they you know, it, the persistence actually works but again it all depends on how you do it like you said like if you go in with an entitled attitude like for example if someone's trying to get on the dumb and dumbest podcast i'm just going to use it as an example um like if they came to me and they were like yo you need to book me on my podcast i don't know who this person is and you do it right now um you know kind of demanding it i'd probably tell them to go fuck off but i mean but it depends because if it was someone i knew it might be a little bit different, right? Mm. So, but I mean, it all depends like on how you present yourself because there's two, two things to keep in mind. Like um, some people can be like, if some people say that they like flattery in order to get pitched to, or be get asked to do something. And most people do like flattery, but there's that insincere flattery mm. that I don't like. Like yep. one thing that people will come up to me, uh, they'll pitch me via Facebook or email or something about about something and the very first thing they'll do is they'll be like 
how are your kids or how are you, how is your wife? Mm. And I fucking hate that because of the fact <laughs> I know they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't. It's just like small talk, isn't up, it? It's a, it's a, it's a box it to is. tick. Yeah. It isn't like Andy, mm. like Andy, for example, I have no idea if you, if, if you have kids, I've never asked you about kids cause we're not talking about your kids. Mm. I don't know because it's nothing to do with what you and I are talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've never, and if you do, you've never shared anything about them that I'm aware of. Yeah. So obviously it's a private thing. You know what I mean? At least as far as I can tell, unless I'm missing something. Well, I, d- I don't but, have any, I've got a little bird. So there you go. Okay. Well, yeah. well, there you go. Okay. But still, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, how's the wife, how's the kids? And you're like, well, why, why do you care? Like, what do you want? Right. Like that to me is kind of like, it's almost like a car salesman trick to get you talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not authentic, but if someone came up, but if someone said to me, Hey Curtis, I've listened to the dumb and dumbest show, or, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, uh, I know you have the podcast. Uh, I like to get my band interviewed on it, or I'd like to be interviewed on it. Totally fine. But if you start, you know, asking me about my wife and kids first thing, I kind of think there's something wrong with you and that you're trying to scam me in some way. <laughs> well, and I, I've always sort of, um, I mean, I've, I've worked in office environments over the years and the, the amount of small talk that, that happens in a, a stereotypical office environment is just, it does your head in and, it does. and people it's do stupid. it just as a, as a reflex they do it yep. to get over a bit of anxiety of just interacting with people or they've got an agenda and it's leading to something. Yep. And so one thing that I've, 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 well, I'm certainly not great at it, but I'm getting better at doing it is when I am contacting somebody for whatever reason it might be that I always try to get straight into the point of what I want yep. from them or what I'm hoping to achieve at the start of the message. And then if there's pleasantries and there's things that make sense and you, and you want to make something a little bit personal, then you sort of, you almost throw that down further into, into your message because it's, it's putting that order in place. Like I'm, I'm, I'm contacting you with an intention. So here I am like being extremely upfront and honest and transparent here. I'm not beating around the bush. Um, and then, and then as a secondary thing, blah, 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 hope, yeah, using that example before, I hope the family is well, I hope the kids are well, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, yeah. um, you know, not not that people should take that approach if they're not being genuine, but I think it, it just comes across a hell of a lot better if you're just being sort of very honest with going, look, there is a reason why I'm speaking to you um, and yep. and I'm I'm happy to do it this way and, and I'm not trying to beat around the bush because I think it's, it just comes back to the... You know, being genuine and being sort of having having the right intentions when you when you contact people, but I, I see it all the time, and and even just from the that podcast example of people trying to, you know, pitch themselves to be be on the podcast. I mean, I, I get I get them every once in a while from uh, people I've I, not even like. I'm not even aware of them. I've never even, I've never yeah. seen their name. I don't know who they are. I'm trying to work out where there might be a mutual acquaintance or anything like that. And some of them are sort of almost this passive aggressive sort of approach. And I think they're trying to, I actually think they're probably trying to be funny, but it's so aggressive with the way that they're pushing themselves forward. And and as you said before, sort of using that sort of example of, um, you know, I should be on your on your show, or on, I should be on your podcast. And it's like, uh, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, oh, you got to be joking. Um, and it's just, it's a very, it's it's interesting to see the way people interact because you can see that people are thinking, um, they're thinking of some sort of strategy that that's going to cut through the noise to get get attention yeah. their way. Um, but a lot of the time, it just doesn't. It's just a, it like you might get my attention, but it's it's not gonna it's not gonna last. <laughs> I'm gonna forget about those people very quickly. Well, it's kind of the thing is it comes back again to learning how to sell, right? Because mm-hmm. you kind of got to know, 
how to do it because some people do like the pleasantries. I don't. Um, I don't think I've ever really done that. Like people, I'm sure a veteran PR person, if they ever saw my pitches, would be just horrified because basically it's like, hey, I got a band. Here's what they here's here's the style they are. Can you cover them? You know, it's basically that. Like, mm-hmm. there's really not much to it other than the fact of, you know, I got this. It's a style. Boom. But I, I somehow still get good results. And then, you know, I'll see these other PRs, you know, quote unquote pros who've been around longer than me. who will have like these two page pitches on one band. Mm. Right. And I'll be like, wow, I just wrote like, you know, three lines about it. And I just got covered <laughs> in this major place. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Right. It's like too much thinking going into it. Right. And I mean, all these people are getting like, you know, hundreds of pitches a day. And, you know, all I'm saying is basically, hey, I got this doom metal band, you want to hear it, right? Or can you review it or interview them or whatever the heck it is that I'm saying, right? So sometimes, a lot of times, I'll even do like multiple bands on one email. I'll be like, hey, I'm working with 10 bands right now. Here are my top three priorities. You're willing to interview or review any of them? Boom, boom, boom. Here's the style, right? And, um, you know, here's the link to listen, blah, blah, blah. Let's roll if you're into it. If not, thank you very much. Have a great day. And that works like 90% of the time, too. Um, but here's the thing though, is that you kind of got to know, um, at the same time when you're cold pitching someone or trying to just approach someone for the first time, or even after a few times, like you kind of got to do your homework and kind of have like in this instinctive feeling about what works and what doesn't work with people, with people like me, I'm pretty sarcastic a lot of the times. And sometimes that doesn't always translate with people. So sometimes I know I can come across like if I'm on Twitter or if I'm on, Facebook is being kind of arrogant, but I'm, I'm, I'm just a normally sarcastic individual, right? So one thing that I do is I try not to do that as much as possible when it's someone new because of the fact most people, like tone doesn't translate in print. No. You know what I mean? Like, so you, I don't know if you're being antagonistic, you're being silly, or if you, you don't know if I'm being silly or anything like that, unless we've kind of been conversing back and forth for a little bit, Right. So if I'm going to approach, like, if I wanted to approach you, for example, and we didn't know each other, I wouldn't come in at you with sarcasm. But I've had people do that with me, and I don't know whether they're, like, psychotic. I don't know if they're, like, <laughs> being funny. But you know what yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, it's like, it, like, it'll be like a weird joke, and you're like, okay, is this guy a weirdo, or is he just being funny? I can't tell, you know? And, you know, his avatar will be someone that's, like you know, Jason, you know, from Friday the 13th. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know, but it's, but, but it's know, like, you it, can't, either. but it's Go like ahead. the Twitter. No, sorry. I'm just, uh, just that quick thought. I mean, it's like, it's like all the Twitter talk we've been, we've been discussing. It's, it's sort of like yeah. when you, when you're building sort of very, um, oh, it's not the right, right word I'm thinking of, but it's, it's almost like these indirect relationships by sort of being in this space where people are just sharing thoughts and comments and commentary. And then you sort of reply to people and you you might interact and just do a little bit of that social media love and things like that. People start to see your personality come through over time. It's, it's sort of like a, a a gradual thing that people start to, you're painting a picture of who you are and your personality in sort of this holistic sort of way. And so then when it does come time for the direct message or the direct email to, to talk about something that might be a little bit more business related, that person's got a little bit more of a rounded understanding of who you are. And I think even for me, like there have been people that have, uh, come to me directly and it might be something band related or, or podcast related. Um, and 
but I've seen them interact with me out of the blue over a series of months that have never said anything nope. to me about anything whatsoever, just, just having a chat and just being very casual and then eventually contacting me. And, and it's not something that I, I was aware of in the moment as, as this is all happening, but in hindsight, when you look back, you go, well, I, the, 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 the likelihood of me paying attention to what they're saying now or wanting to help them or do anything is so much higher because I've, I have got all this prior context. I know who this person is to a degree. Um, I know what their mannerisms are like and I know sort of, you know, I've got a bit of a judgment as to whether this person's a good person or not. And so suddenly my attention is, is, is a lot higher with, with that particular person and whatever request they might have. Um, but yeah, coming in cold and then having all of that personality dripping through that email straight off the bat from zero to a hundred and you go, whoa, like what, what am I dealing with here? I've got no idea. Is yeah. this, am I going to be interacting with somebody that I'm going to regret later because I won't be able to get rid of them and they become, as you said, like psychotic or something like that? Or yeah. is this actually a really great person and maybe, you know, I could be missing out on an opportunity you just, and just go, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to take the uh, conservative approach here and probably not interact. Well, that's the thing too, right? And one thing I want to point out as well, um, that, which goes along with that, I, 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 am, I am replying, although it might not seem like it, um, is make, make sure that your avatar that you have in your profiles isn't something weird because that mm-hmm. make, that makes a huge difference in how a person perceives you. Like, again, if you got like the Jason avatar or you got a picture of, I don't know, just something odd there. Mm-hmm. And you guys all know what I mean when I say odd, I do. Um, <laughs> you know, or, you know, it's like a picture of a pot leaf or, you know, like a bunch of Jack Daniels bottles or something, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you don't, you kind of look at this and you're like, what am I dealing with here? Right. Am I dealing with a redneck? Am I dealing, you know, like, I don't know, like, who is this person? Right. Cause one thing, the avatar does make a huge difference. And if it's just like, you know, this weird picture mm. and you're like looking at this picture, you don't know, like that, that causes an, that makes an impression in my mind of whether I want to deal with you or not right off the bat. And sometimes that's not correct. No, that's right. right. Like I've, I've had people with weird avatars who ended up being, you know, they were good people. I didn't know it at first, but I kind of backed off on really dealing with them because, you know, their picture looked weird, right? And people do judge books by their cover, right? Um, you know, I've made this mistake in the past where it's, you know, all I would have was have the Doer PR logo on everything. There was no picture of me. Now I have my picture there. And I mean, it's not the world's greatest picture, but at least you see there's an actual individual there. You know what I mean? So, you know, but you'll get like these weird, Mess, but you'll get like a message that you can't quite determine the tone of along with a weird picture. And that makes the individual either not want to reply to you or not want to deal with you when in actual fact, you could have had a great opportunity if you hadn't had that there, even with your email address too. Like I've had people send me stuff like, you know, um, I kill blah, blah as my email as their email. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and you're like, okay, like, is this a kid? Like, what is this? Right. Mm. So you don't like, it doesn't look like it's serious. Right. So you kind of got to, you kind of got to take that into account too. And I mean, I've made all these mistakes too in the past. So I'm, I'm not, I'm talking from experience. I'm not talking down to anybody. Um, but I mean, like if you're going to have like a cartoon as your avatar, like you have a great cartoon as your avatar, but it's you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not like Mickey Mouse. It's not fucking Donald Duck, you know, smoking a joint or something stupid like that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, 
and it's got your name next to it. So it makes, so if you were to contact me and all I saw was that, I know it's not your avatar right now, but if it was, um, I would, I would be comfortable talk, talking to you because it's an actual human, not something strange. So you kind of got to keep that in mind as well when you're doing the pitch is like, how, how do you appear? And you have to keep in mind that just because you think something's funny, you know, Donald Duck smoking a blunt while stabbing Mickey Mouse is funny, you know, doesn't mean anybody else is necessarily going to get the joke right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like if I see something like that, I might think that's funny, but if I see someone with a Facebook profile like that trying to friend me, I'm probably going to ignore them because I'm going to think there's some fucking weirdo. You know what I mean? Well, I think I think the big thing I always look at, um, and there's there's so many. I mean, Facebook's Facebook's and Facebook and Twitter are probably the worst for it. But you know, when you when you do see that avatar of of a sunset or or a, mm-hmm. or yeah, the marijuana leaf or whatever it might be, um, I think there's at least what it tells me is that somebody's not willing to disclose themselves or share themselves with with me. Like this, yep. and and it might not be a hundred percent correct, but you know, they they might not be willing to. Well, they're, they're trying to hide something or something hidden there. And yep. and that might not be the complete reality to it, but it's almost like, well, you're, you're approaching me to connect yep. and potentially wanting something from me. You're aware of who I am. Yep. You can see my face. You can see what I'm doing and who I'm all about, but you're not willing to, you know, unveil, you know, the curtain from your end. So yeah. how I can only, I can only interact so much with somebody that's not willing to show themselves, so to speak, um, and, and share themselves. Yep. Um, and it's very hard to build a one way relationship with somebody. And I know, I mean, I know some really good friends of mine who have got some of these avatars and I just, I laugh because I mean, that's just their style. Same. That's just the way that they do it. Um, but it does, it depends on what you're using social media for, of course, but if yeah. you're, if you're using with the intention to build relationships and networks with people and, and ultimately drive, drive an outcome of, you know, building a business or whatever that might be, then, um, yeah, it's, it's very limiting. So I can, I can certainly appreciate that, um. And I've I've had I've had chats to to friends of mine who just go oh man I can't get a can't get a foot in I go well look <laughs> you might have to take a different approach here you know and it but then on the flip side some of these people will turn around and say well I don't want people to know who I am I don't want people to be able to find me and it's like well that's perfectly fine but at the same time you know people need if you want people to understand who you are then you've got to be able to reveal yourself a bit so it's a yeah, it's a difficult thing, and I, I see that all the time. I see it on Twitter a lot. People mm-hmm. following me, and then we'll make some commentary on a post. And I always have Gary V stuck in the back of my head, where I should be acknowledging, commenting on every single interaction that I get because yep. it, it drives a lot of great uh, perceptions, and and it obviously helps in a lot of different ways. But sometimes mm-hmm. I look at I look at some comments. I go, I don't really, even though I'm not following you back or whatever it might be. I just I. I I don't even know where this is coming from. I don't know the context of what you're saying. I don't get the joke or who are you? Like there's nothing in your profile that gives me any hints of where you're located, who you are and, and what are you into or anything? And then, the posts that they have, I'm trying to flick through their feed and I, I can't gr- get a grasp of who they are. They're so mysterious. And I'm like, well, how do I build banter? How can I do banter with you? How can I go back and forth? And so it's, it's a very, it's a very difficult thing. And, and then, uh, and I think for a lot of us, we sort of look at those people and go, well, uh, is it, is it more of a trolling sort of approach that these people are taking where they're not actually, yeah. they're, they're hoping to get a rise out of somebody rather than, um, actually anything meaningful. So it's, yeah, I, but I think a lot of people lack the self-awareness to understand, 
um, what sort of perception they put out there just by some of those um, what may seem very trivial decisions that you make when you when you get onto the internet. Yeah, well, the other thing too is that you also have to. Um, I don't know how you do this, but I know with me, as I try to I try to assume that when I get someone reaching out to me that their intent is good. They aren't just sitting there to troll me. I, I, I try to take that viewpoint at first, but if it starts to appear to me like they that's all they're interested in, I'll quickly shut the communication off. Mm. But, you know, I always try to go from the viewpoint that, you know, they're sincere, you know, that they're actually trying to, you know, reach out in good faith or that type of thing. And, and only, you know, if it really becomes obvious that they, you know, they're a bad intent or whatever, do I stop it? But then again, at the same, but at the same time, at the same time, you know, there are people that are just sarcastic that will, that's how they interact. Mm. But again, if you are naturally sarcastic, I would watch that until you've been talking to the person for a little while. Like, for example, I tweeted out last week to you and multiple people, what's your favorite band, Theory of a Dead Man, Nickelback, or I can't remember what the third one was. It was an obvious troll. Yeah. <laughs> it was an obvious troll. And you guys know me, <laughs> right? You guys, you guys all knew that. Everybody, yeah. I fucking said it. You fucking knew I was, I was just playing around, <laughs> and so, uh, and that was intentional because I was trying to get a rise out of someone else that was not you guys because I just was trying to get interaction. It was an odd, like to me, it was an obvious ploy, and I think all of you guys kind of knew that at the mm. same time. <laughs> so, but there was actual people. They're like, you know, actually, I like this Nickelback song, and I was like, yeah, me too. I actually like all three of those bands. I can't remember what the third one was, but it was like, you know. I, you know, I was just being silly and you played along. You're like, yeah, well, actually, I think it was, wasn't Rush. You said there wasn't, who was it? Oh, Harem Scarum. It was my favorite Canadian Harem Scarum. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, you know, we actually had some rapport develop as a result of that because you talked about your favorite Canadian band. But, you know, it, it, it depends. Like, if you're going to troll someone and, like, have fun with people, like, you know, you got you, you to gotta kind of know what the person, who the person is first because otherwise they can get offended. Definitely. But I hope... I hope the people that I, I was doing that to on Twitter know me well enough. I think they do to know that I'm playing along, but I actually do legitimately enjoy all three of those bands at the same time. So I'm poking my fun at myself. Right. And I, I mean, so, I, I see things like that and I, I laugh, but then I also, I mean, this is, and once again, this is, this is Gary V sort of stuff flowing through, but I go, awesome. There's, there's a, there's a conversational starter here where you can start yep. to talk about things like, and, and go off on a whole range of different tangents. And it's almost like, okay, in my head it was like, ah, oh, Canadian bands. And I started thinking about, okay, what other great bands are from Canada? And I'm like, oh, of course, like my, yep. my all time favorite band. And so for me, I get excited about that stuff because it, it's, it's stuff that, it, you know, it, I mean, it's probably a bad way of describing it, but it feeds the machine, but it also it just, it just helps keep, keep that, that, that conversation going on, on that platform. And so I, I love that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, it's, you sort of see it from a bunch of different angles and go, Oh yeah. Like for me, I was like, well, no, nah, I don't like those bands, <laughs> but I was like, yeah. but I, but I totally understood where you were coming from with it. And I see, yeah. I mean, I laugh. And the reason why I, I get that is yes, I've listened to your podcast. Um, we've obviously, you know, we, I think when you posted that was just after we had the last chat. Um, but even before yep. that, I mean, we've been interacting for some time now and I see the banter that you have with Matt in particular. So I see yep. even that alone, I've got enough context to see a bit of your personality, a bit of your sort of a little bit of, a little bit of probing or prodding, I should say, um, you know, just to, just to get a bit of a fun rise out of a situation or a topic or whatever it might be and just get something to something started and a bit of sarcasm there. And, and so for me, just watching how you've interacted with other people, and that's the great thing about Twitter is that you can, 
you don't always necessarily have to interact with everybody, but you can see what people are doing and what they're chatting about and, mm-hmm. and back and forth. And so it paints it paints a really interesting picture. So even for people out there um, that use Twitter and may not get a lot of activity back, um, just your activity in the way that you talk to your inner circle can be seen by a lot of other people. And so, you know, you might have some... Really... And it gets a lot of engagement outside of it. That's the cool part. That's that's exactly right. And so you might think that people aren't paying attention to what what's going on, but you'll be very surprised. There's a lot of people out there that have no willingness or urge or anything like that to even give you a little love heart or a retweet or or a comment whatsoever, but they're reading it and they're, they're taking it in. And, and a lot of them, you know, depending on what you're doing, um, will be mildly entertained with, with what, uh, what you've got to say. And, and you don't know that, but it's, it's, it's a massive thing when, when you're putting yourself out there on a public platform. So yeah, I just, just to sort of round it, round it out. Um, I think just knowing you and seeing your banter over, over, you know, however long that we've sort of been connected, um, gives it so much more context when I do see posts come from you. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, people know people, I think people know as a general rule when I'm doing something like that, it's half kidding, it's half serious, but it's there to get engagement. And a lot of times I'll just tweet something like that at a person just to get them to respond. Like Mm. someone who hasn't been on Twitter for a long time. Like for example, Monica Strutt went off Twitter for, I think it was like a week at one point. And finally I I tweeted like some, something about Motley Crue at her. To get her to respond, right? <laughs> I said, I said, what, which you know, I think it was something like, which Motley Crue member are you, Monica? Are you Nikki Six or Vince Neil? I can't remember. It was something stupid like yeah, that, right? Yeah. Like an o- obvious thing. And then she she tweeted back who it was, and she said, "Oh yeah, I can tell that you're trying to get me to respond to something. I need to be more active on Twitter." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And you know, I'll do the same. I'll do the same thing to people like. Um, uh, my friend Julio Ray, who was in a Christian metal band called The Lead from the 80s, you know, he'll go off Twitter for a few weeks or, you know, I won't hear anything, see him tweet or anything. So I'll randomly like go like, hey, man, what's your favorite Slayer song? And I'll pick like these three real super satanic songs. <laughs> he likes, but he likes Slayer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, like, he actually does like Slayer, right? So I'll tweet it to over something like that just to get him to respond. And he, he knows me well enough now that he knows I'm not, I'm trolling him, but I'm not trolling at the same time. I'm just trying to get him to respond and talk back right so it's kind of like i guess the main moral from from this part of the conversation is at least know your audience Mm. and kind of like know when when to joke when not to joke when to be serious and when not to be serious and if you're stepping over the borders and you know someone's like really getting upset with you cool it down <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah you gotta you gotta know where where the line is <laughs> make sure you don't yeah don't cross it or at least stand all over it yeah and I mean, one thing yeah. that um i and I've, I've heard you speak about this on on your podcast in the past is um a bit of your twitter game and sort of some of the i guess thoughts or approaches that you take with how you utilize twitter um one of them that uh, you spoke about a while back was um you know doing all these twitter polls that you do um mm-hmm. and yep. i find that really fascinating in the sense that i mean you'll you'll be able to speak to it but it's it's it appears from from the outside that it's a way to get engagement from people um people like to share their opinion um the way that you know twitter only allows you to have whatever it is four options or four or five options or whatever means that you can't list every song from an album when you when you ask people for their favorite album but you've got one of those selections being other and then in brackets something like you know say say what it is and so that 
that yeah. encourages people to put their opinion in. And yeah. that obviously is gold for any social media platform when you've got engagement. Um, is that mm -hmm. something that that was a bit of an idea or a strategy that you're going to take or did you just do it for fun and then sort of thought in hindsight, oh, actually, this could be something good that I should do more often? Well, that was exactly what it is. As I did that, I th I've been doing this that for about a year now, mm. uh, every single fucking day. Um, sometimes it's repeated, um, but the main reason why is to get interaction, if nothing else. And I'll tell you something, is that a lot of the people that interact with that are people that will never be PR clients of mine because mm. they're just music fans. Yep. But the thing is, the thing is, is that when I go then go and retweet a track that has been played by one of my bands, or if I tweet about one of my bands, or if I retweet a piece of positive press, or I talk about a positive piece of press, that is now more likely to get clicked through by one of those music fans mm. as a result. And I have had people tell me they have, who I know have nothing to do with music writing, that they have checked out one of my bands because of the fact that I shared that press with them. And the reason why that person is a follower of mine is because they do Twitter, do my Twitter polls, right? <laughs> it's great. So it is and it's that's the only reason like i've had someone tell me someone once said to me you know none of these people that are responding to your polls are ever going to be clients i'm like i don't fucking care it's getting attention to my bands my tweet is going up in the algorithm mm. uh, more people are seeing it as a result if, if every time a tweet gets interacted with more people see it because the way twitter works is that when people like or respond to something uh to someone that, that they're following it will then show up on other people's feeds who aren't following you. That's right. So here's one, and here, here's the thing is back in, I think it was December, there was a whole thing where it was like, quote, tweet this with your blah, blah. So I started doing that. And, I, and what I did one day is I said, quote, tweet this with your favorite Black Sabbath cover. And that fucking tweet took off all over the place. I had Doc Coyle retweet me. I had fucking Paulo from Trivium retweet nice. me. Just, yeah, it just went, all over the fucking place just as a result of like these people have never followed me or anything you know and they never will but my tweet got in front of like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people saw my name because of that and i know i got followers off that i got something like 50 or 60 followers just as a result of that one tweet asking a stupid question about what's your favorite black sabbath cover of all time right like cover song so you know that like a lot of people will go like, well, it's stupid because it isn't really your audience. Well, that's not true. Like, especially like someone like you, who's in a band, anybody that see that retweets your Andy Dowling account, cause you got a link, I believe to Lord on your Twitter mm. account. Do you not? Or am I uh, mistaken? You do, right? Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a link to either band or, or more. Yeah. 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 So almost anybody that converses with you, well, I find in my experience from talking to people that most people, when they start conversing with you, will generally take a look at your profile and they'll click a couple of links that are sitting there yep. or a link rather that's sitting there. So just as a result of you interacting with people, you're going to get more people going to the Lord Bandcamp or whatever link it is that you have set up there because of the fact that you're just talking with people. And the more times you tweet and the more your tweets get interactive with the more people they're going to do it. It's like basically free fucking advertising for mm -hmm. you, even though it's not the Lord account you're still the ambassador and the spokesman, you know, sort of. So, I mean, well, I guess you are the spokesman, but well, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess from our, from our band, I'm, I'm definitely the most vocal out of, out of the yeah. lot. Um, so I guess, I guess, yeah, it could be seen like that, but I think, I think also that's, this is why sort of individuals and the way that we interact as individuals is so important because 
I think we all this is this is sort of, you know selling one hundred and one is that we we sort of almost sold a, an idea from from an individual like we connect with a person we we connect with something because somebody that we we look up to or respect or whatever it is is using that product or service or whatever it might be and so it's not so much the service itself or or the brand itself that wins you over immediately there might there has to be in a lot of cases some sort of uh, gateway person, individual, some sort of influencer, um, to, to help win somebody over. And so for me, like, I mean, I can, I can post a lot of stuff out of the Lord Twitter page or Facebook or whatever it might be, but, um, it's almost like going back to the avatar thing. I mean, you still don't know who in the band or who, who's actually posting from the band account. So you're still sort of hidden behind the collective. Whereas for me on my personal account, there's, there's no guessing. It's, it's just me. So there's no, there's nobody else there. So, um, it's sort of like this soft way of, and we, we've spoken about this before, but it's sort of like that soft way of getting people to, to check out what you do and what you're all about is by building those, those sort of personal or direct connections with people. But this, I mean, but there's one, uh, there's one point though, Andy, that, that, that maybe you're going to get to it. Maybe mm. I cut you off too soon, but one important point is that when you have the personal account, people are more inclined to respond to you because band accounts as a whole at least it seems from my perception, a lot of times have, as a general rule, taken to spamming people. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So if you're interacting with people as the band account, I don't know what it is, but I know if a band account interacts with me rather than a personal account, it just seems kind of weird because it's like a group Mm -hmm. versus me, the individual, you know what I'm saying? But if I'm talking one on... There's almost an agenda behind it. Yeah, it kind of seems that way. And I, and I know most people don't intend to do that. And I, and I, I realize that, right? But that's kind of why I, why, why I put the Doer PR account on Twitter. It just says Curtis, mm. but it says at Doer PR. Like I changed the name from Doer PR. I put my picture up there, uh, you know, a few years ago or whatever it was once I realized it because it looks like, you know, when a band group, quote unquote, of band members are contacting you, it just seems weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't know if it's like a social media manager, or if it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you know what I mean? It's just this weird thing. But anyways, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, and that, it's exactly right. And I think that's why it's so, so important for people to, to really sort of, especially, I mean, the people that make this decision to get out there in the public domain in a way where you're, you're trying to sell an idea of some sort, you know, whether it be your creative output or, or a business or whatever it might be, um, you, you have to, you have to put yourself out there as an individual. I mean, that's, that's the whole sort of storyline of, of business where, you know, people connect with story and they connect with things that they, they can, they can relate to or like-minded people. Um, and if you don't have those sort of, those hooks, those things that, that drag, that drag, drag is probably not the right word, but that bring people in. Um, because they can relate to it, then it's very, very difficult. So you can't just hide behind a, a brand only or, or, or a business name or something like that without having some sort of personality attached to it. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been the great thing with social media. I've, and I've found that because I can't always rely on my guys either, um, yeah. my band, to be injecting personality or individual personality into what we do. Um, and yeah. so if we just had band accounts and that's it, then there's only going to be so much that I can put out there, um, you know, to, to try and connect people together. And so for me, it's like, well, I can go out there and as wanky as it sounds, create my own brand by just being me and being willing to interact with as many people as possible and just building these great connections. Then as a, as a, 
a result of that, then other opportunities will come in with more attention going to the things that I'm associated with. Um, but, totally. Yeah. As long as you make it clear who you're with, that's the key point. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to be vague with it or I, I actually, it's quite funny because, and maybe it's an intentional thing by some musicians in particular, but you know, I'll um, like even some of your, your follow posts. So you did one um, today, which was the, um, the hashtag FF uh, follow, was it follow yeah. Friday or something like that? Um, and so you got a bunch, yeah. of, bunch of people on there. And so every once in a while, I'll, you know, I usually follow most of the people that are on, on those lists um, just to build the network. And it's a great way to sort of bring people together and interact a little bit. Um, but every once in a while, mm-hmm. I'll look at one of those profiles and there's nothing on there. Like there's their name and they've got no links, mm-hmm. they nothing. And, but then they've got a lot of followers and I'm like, who are, who's, who's this person? So then, you know, for me, like I'm probably a little bit more curious than the average person. So then I'll try and Google their name or whatever the account is to see whether it pops up in an article or something else just to try and link, you know, link put the dots together. But in some cases, it's, yep. it's a case of this person's obviously influential or has some sort of following in their own circle, but they're not really willing to extend that circle any further than what they already have. And so then part of me is yep. like, well, how much energy do I put into interacting with this person if I don't really, like, it looks like I'm going to have to put the effort into try and understand who they are without me potentially feeling like I'm going to be an idiot because maybe I should know who they are or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very, very interesting that, um, and it's a good point because, yeah, I know I know people that, um, that you know, have, have success in their own domain um, and put themselves out there publicly on social media. But um, if you clicked on their profile and you didn't have the context, you wouldn't know who the hell they are. And maybe maybe they, they like well, it yeah. that way. But, um, yeah, it's it's difficult if you want to build, continue to build the, the community. It is. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll confess to you that sometimes I'll put people that I, I just have interacted with that I have, think have absolutely no connection to the industry whatsoever, just on my follow Friday, if that ever has made you wonder. Like, um, I know there's one guy named uh, Mick Davidson. I don't think he has any connection to the industry whatsoever, but he's always interacting with me on Twitter. So for the last four weeks or so, he's on there. And I think it doesn't matter. I, I don't care. I don't care. He has no, he just, he talks to me a lot. So as far as I'm concerned, follow the fucking guy. <laughs> Maybe he does have a connection to the industry and I just don't know, but I can't tell by his profile. So if he does, and he's listening to this. Well, Nick, fix your profile. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that goes back to what we were saying before. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's building, it's, building these these interactions with people and and sort of encouraging yeah. you know obviously you've got somebody that you can see is active and so you want to continue to uh, encourage encourage that engagement and so whether it be oh. you know having having Nick now um, follow a bunch of other people and, and give value to those other people or vice versa Nick feels value because he's getting some people interacting with him or whatever it might be then you yeah. know, it, it's all it's all positives. It is. And I, you know, I've made a friend as a result of it because he's interacted with me. So I interact with him and, you know, it, it's all good. Uh, one other thing I want to point out just about the follow Friday thing is, yeah, you're 100% right, is that you should always make sure that there's enough context uh, for you. Because if someone does shout you out, um, that can potentially be valuable, especially like, let's say, for example, if I randomly, like, I'll sometimes do something funny, like I'll randomly stick in like follow Friday, you know, Ty Lopez in there in the middle of it or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Guy's got 3.2 million followers. So if he randomly likes that tweet, it's going to move way up in the algorithm, right? Absolutely. So so if that happens and you want to get some followers, it's good to have 
you know, all your information in the profile, just on the odd channel. And also like, for example, Trevor from black Dahlia murder will frequently like my tweets. Mm. He's got, like, he's got quite a few followers as well. So it's just like, if I'm talking to you and he's like the tweet, cause he, he'll talk like whenever I talk about Megadeth, he almost always jumps in. Yep. He fucking loves Megadeth, I guess. <laughs> so he's right in there every fucking time. Sometimes a lot of times he'll, he'll interact with my polls and stuff. So, if, if if you're in in on that tweet thread and he responds, that tweet is going to move up in the algorithm. So make sure you have all your details in there and what you want followed because people will check you out. There's my toot my own heart. Uh, no, definitely, definitely. Oh, I tell you what, there, there's been a couple. Of, I wouldn't be able to give you the examples, but there has been a couple of uh, those follow Fridays that you've done. And yeah, you're throwing somebody into the mix that's got like a super high follow follow count. I might not even identify who the, who they are to begin with, but I'll be like. <laughs> How does he know that person? Because I just assume I've, I've assumed, don't. yeah, <laughs> and I've assumed that you know this is this is your community. These are the people that you've you've had some yeah. sort of connection with in the past. And so I go, whoa, geez, well, Curtis, like well, you've got you, you've got a pretty strong network here. If you if you've got a little inroad with this particular person, wow, and and so, not really. No. Well, but I got a follow from Michael Sweet from doing that. Though, yeah, nice, cool. From Striper, yeah, Striper, yeah. So. So it it works sometimes. Anyways, go ahead. I just wanted to point that out that I, I don't always know these people. <laughs> no, no, but it, but it's it's funny how you know it, it's a perception thing as well. It's 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 yeah. um there's a lot of different reasons to to or, or different yeah different reasons behind an intent to interact with people and and sometimes perceptions can be created without even being completely aware of it either. Um, so it's just funny yeah. like your logic as far as when you do something like that versus the way that I first started interpreting it going oh geez like because you know I'm still trying to learn about you and what you do and then I'm thinking well yeah. okay maybe um, maybe maybe Curtis is a, a, a busy guy behind the scenes he's uh, he's really he's really with some big move moves and shakers you know <laughs> well, most most let me just clarify though most of the people i do know most not all yeah 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 absolutely absolutely i i just yeah. think i think it's just it's smart it's smart social media um with with yeah. the way that you're sort of thinking ahead as far as the possibilities it's it's almost like going yeah. back to contacting people again and people that might seem um uh, out of your league, um, sort of on a day to day basis, yeah. but you know, you've, you've got to throw it in there. You've got to be in it to win it. And so it's a case of, you know, setting yourself up in a way that there's, there's potential, there's opportunities there. And it's, and, um, what's the other, what's the other thing about luck? You know, luck's not just sitting around doing nothing. Luck's like making sure that you're working yeah. to get into a position where there's an opportunity for luck. Um, so yeah. it's, um, yeah, now, you know what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the day now? I'm just going to be on Twitter. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be an absolute, Good. I'm going to be an absolute nuisance if, if I'm not already. Good. So, um, yeah, but it's, I, I, I love this sort of stuff because it's just, it's a very sort of strategic way of doing it, but it's also really fun yeah. and it, and it builds, it builds great relationships with people. You know, there's, there's obviously, you know, we all are looking to do things in our own domains and we all want to get better and build whatever we're doing. But at the same time, you know, yep. there's, there's a lot of additional benefits that come out of it, which is building great friendships with people. So it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. I, I love this sort of stuff because it's just, it's a trial and error sort of thing. There's a bit of strategy behind it. it I think it's a bit of a game in a way because you just, you're experimenting, just seeing what works, what doesn't, and you have fun with it. And especially when you can see like people within your circles trying the same things, you know what they're doing and, and it's fun because mm -hmm. then you can sort of make a decision as to how you interact with that to see whether, you know, you can, you can help with it or not. And, and um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. 
Well, the other thing too, though, is that also if you give a shout out to someone that you don't know, mm. that can actually allude to you being able to get the connection at some point. Um, like I'm just looking over the follow Friday today. There's only one person on that list that I, I am not actually ever been connected to and that's Chandler Mogul. And the reason why I like, I'm trying to like, I would like to connect with him because I've listened to a bunch of his music. He seems like a very authentic individual. He seems like someone I'd like to actually have on the podcast at some point. So, and he doesn't, he doesn't have a ton of followers either. So I figured like, well, I can add him on there. Maybe I can give him some followers, you know, flow some, you know, give him some, you know, something. And then maybe next time when I'm trying to email him and I say, Hey, I would like to have you on the podcast or something like that. He might open my email now because he's seen me as the guy on Twitter that shouted them out a couple of times saying, Hey, follow Chandler. You know what I mean? Playing the long game. Yeah, I am because it, it gets your name in front of people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're not doing it to suck up or kiss ass or anything like that. It's basically just to kind of get your foot in the door and um, get people's attention. So, you know, if you're trying to get the attention of, for example, Vince Neilstein of uh, Metal Sucks, you know, the owner of Metal Sucks, and you're a band, and all you're doing is tweeting at him, Vince, check out my shit. He's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's not going to respond to you, but I'll give you a really good example. There was a band that, um, I forget the band's name, but I, I had contacted them. I think his name is Grandshaw. Don't quote me on that. Mm. I might have the name slightly off. Uh, but they're a death metal band. Um, and they've talked to me and Matt before. They've asked us for advice, and we've given it to them. But they actually got featured on Metal Sucks not that long ago because they interacted with uh, Vince on Twitter, and they asked him some questions about something that had happened to them that they thought might be kind of shady. And they actually just had a conversation with him, and as a result, Vince wrote an article about them. And that was just from them being on Twitter. And, but I can guarantee you if all they had been doing is just tweeting their link at them and they hadn't actually been trying to have a conversation with them, that would never have happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just the same thing happens all the time with other writers, but the trick is you have to not, you have to actually be engaging, not just pushing yourself. That's right. You've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be giving. You can't just be expecting something in return all the time. So like, how do I, how do I give, how do I give value or, you know, whether it be just making somebody feel wanted as far as being a, a, yeah. a source of information and, a, and advice or something like that, or, or, um, or actually being able to provide something tangible, whatever it might be without any strings attached with no expectations whatsoever yeah. and being able to walk away That's with it, which is very difficult for a lot of people because we're very, yeah. I think many of us are sort of, you know, we want instant gratification. We want, we want to be able to get the reward. We're very transactional in day-to-day behavior. Yeah. And so, you know, when something happens, you, you're instantly thinking, well, it's, it's now or never, you know, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to yeah. milk this opportunity. Um, and usually that's when things uh, fizzle out very, very, very quickly. So it's it's a case of just, it's this planting seeds approach where it's just a case of just, you know, interacting, being as helpful and as being as generous with your time and that's making, the key. making people feel good. And, and then whatever comes of it is is whatever comes of it. 100%. Like, I mean, that's the real key is that when you're, when you're actually trying to assist the person versus just trying to take, 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 mm. you're liable to get a lot more favors. Like, here's a good example is last week. I mean, I offered to do PR for your single. Oh, no, I'm I not going to charge you. I laughed. I laughed. You know, when you, I, you I never laughed asked when you, me. No, I didn't. And I laughed when you when you said that. I was I was actually I was really surprised, and I was I was very yeah. happy that you you offered it. Um, but I laughed because I just thought this is exactly what we we're just talking about. And I thought, is he exactly. is he trying to is he trying to prove a point with me now just to demonstrate? No. This? 
no, not at all. Because no, no but because of the fact you've acted like you mean you've had me on as a guest twice. Um, you've never asked me. You haven't asked me for anything. No, you no, haven't. No. Like most people by now would have been plugging me, you know, like asking me for all sorts of advice on how to run a campaign and all sorts of intimate details. And you didn't do that. So I was just like, okay, I would like to do something uh, for Andy at some point because, you know, I mean, the other thing too is that you're out there busting your ass all the time promoting Lord and mm-hmm. Lord is a good band. You know what I mean? You know, you're, you, you, this is, this is something that you're actually pushing yourself. You're not like some random band that's like never doing anything. I, that's, those are the type of people I like to help or the people that are putting in the effort, yeah. you know, like a lot of times I'll do things for free for people or for extremely cheap, just on my own origination when it's someone who like works really hard and they're actually trying to do something. A really good example is that there was recently, I, I have a, I'm not going to name their name, but I have a client. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty well known, but, but at the same time, um, they've given me referrals. Um, they do all the interviews they've ever, like I've ever asked them to do very quickly. They're very responsive. They bust their ass as a musician. They, they're doing it full time and all the rest of it. So whenever that person, I see that person might need some help. I just originate the help to them, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've had them say to me, well, don't you want to be paid? And I'll be like, well, with you, um, it's okay. Yep. You know what I mean? just because of all the stuff that they've done for me and stuff like that. And I even went and helped one of their friends as a result without them even asking me just no charge, you know, just because of the fact that this person, other person had helped me so much and had been such a good client. Like when someone's like that, you know, you want to like, I mean, at least with me, I don't mind, you know, assisting them and, you know, trying to do things for them, but other people, not necessarily, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that if I've never offered, you to do something for free for you that means i don't like you (laughs) it's not but it's just like you know if i'm going to do something that's how i'm going to do it like i'm going to do something for free or for lower cost because i do this full-time for my income and i got two kids and i got a wife and the whole nine yards i'm very not strategic necessarily about who i do things for but i'm more careful i usually only do it for i usually um invest my time in people that i think are going to do try to do something themselves if you get what i'm saying yeah yeah definitely and but also yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot of um overly conscious sort of thoughts or intention when you make those decisions on the fly because it's a natural thing no. it's, it is, there's already been sort of a natural organic sort of connection that's been built and so just yeah. you know it's it's a case of you know time and space and and things just fall into place and suddenly that's front of mind and and it's an idea and it's like well okay that feels right and so i'm going to do it and and even like the way that i sort of you know i i especially i'm just sort of thinking back to some of my sort of early starts in in all of this like i was always very transactional and i'm always i always just thought i the only way to get anything was just to keep asking for things all the time and I learned very quickly yep. that it's it's very limiting, um, but one thing that I've that helped take off take the edge off it and help me enjoy the long game is that I get so much out of people by just being around around them. You know, whether you know online Twitter and Facebook and all this sort of stuff, or or even this podcast. You know, you know, a great yep. and a very you know it's very obvious, but in the same way, very sneaky way of being able to connect with people um, is to be able to have them on and have a chat to them for an hour or so and just just pick their brain or get their insights on stuff. And I learned so much and 
And it's a way of just sort of not immediately trying to take advantage of somebody. It's just a case of just being around them. Um, and then yeah. if if things, you know, if there's a time and a place that it makes sense to, to, to go back to that sort of direct question or request or whatever it might be, then that's fine. But it's always a case of just I'll just absorb, absorb whatever I can, wherever I can. And um, I can do that yeah. without actually forcing that person to, to, you know, really sort of over-invest their time for me. Um, so it's, yeah. it's, it's massive and it's taken, it's taken the edge off considerably because I know that a lot of this is in my own court, you know, my own development, my own yeah. learning, getting better is, is it's all on me. Like no, nobody's going to give me a shortcut. You know, I might get an opportunity yeah. and I might get lucky with something, but it's, it, that's going to be off the back of me putting in the hours to begin with. So, um, you know, I can totally. always look inside first before, before looking outside. Yeah, because if you're not willing to put your own work in, no one's going to ever take a chance on you or help you with anything like that. That's that's one key thing that I've always learned is like if if you're kind of out there almost like, and I don't want to sound like an asshole, like as a beggar type thing, you know, nobody really, most people that are more successful in any industry don't really take well to begging or anything like that. Mm. All I think pretty much everybody that does that, not everybody, but most people do want to help other people. But when it's kind of like in the mode of like, poor me, I'm a victim, you need to help me. That's when nobody really wants to deal with you, right? But if it's kind of like, you know, you're trying your best and that type of thing, you're going to be given more opportunities than if you're being a whiner, for lack of a better word. And I hope that doesn't come across as being completely cold or anything like that, because it's not intended to be. But like, for example, like, um, last year when we first met Monica Strutt I mean I went I did my best to help her I tried to give her props you know I went and helped her out with the uh, last martyr PR for North America and stuff like that and the reason why and she didn't ask me for any of this and the reason why was because of the fact that I saw she was putting in a really big effort on both her consulting and with her own podcast mm. and with her own with her band and the whole nine yards and, uh, you know, I, I, I believe, and I'm pretty sure she would tell you this, and maybe I'm mistaken, that we've gotten her, you know, somewhat known outside of Australia as a result of that, which I think is really, really fucking cool. Mm. And, I mean, a, a lot of people would say she's, she's a competitor to us. But, you know, but at the same time, I don't care because of the fact of I'd rather have her as an ally because she's, she's someone that is actually trying and she's doing things to help people. And she's not just someone who's like, take, 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 you know what I mean? So I'd rather build her up. And even if she did take some business away from me, I really don't care because there's there's way more clients out there. Well, you know what I mean? Well, that's right. And I think also, I mean, I, I just watched um, her webinar, um, the replay of her webinar that she put out the other day. And, um, <laughs> and and it was it was interesting to watch um, watch it and how she's put it together and and I I had a quick message um, with, back and forth with her about a week ago and um, she made a quick comment just saying look, she's really nervous about this this next step that she's taking etc but you mm-hmm. know I'm, I'm I'm watching her presentation I'm watching her go through it all and and you know um, and there was people sort of on that webinar that were interacting with her and asking questions and I just found it super fascinating that. A lot of the stuff she was talking about is stuff that I think for for us that are all in these circles all the time, I think we we get a lot of it. Um, but there was some stuff in her delivery just because of her unique personality that even for me I went, oh, that's that I didn't actually quite look at it completely from that angle, and so now yep. that's triggered a thought. But I think yep. the good thing about 
allies and not worrying so much about competition in a in a negative way is that Monica, just watching the way that she put it together, I mean, she's creating clients. She's creating people that would probably never pay for PR, never pay for yep. help in the music space ever before. They would never see yep. value in it. And now suddenly you're getting people that are being pitched the idea of paying to get better in the music space. Exactly. And so yep. it's not a case of, you know, taking taking clients away. It's it's actually creating them out of nothing. And that and that yes. you might there might be one person that's uh, part of what Monica's doing and comes from never investing in any of this to suddenly investing, goes through what Monica's doing and then comes out the other side and then decides, you know, in in 12 months' time that they're going to utilise somebody else in the PR world because they've got a different yeah. type of thing that they need to pursue. And so suddenly then, you know, through what Monica does and what she talks about and who she talks about, suddenly there's more options to consider, um, you know, depending on what needs to be done down the track. So um, I always say that with bands. I talk with, with other bands and, you know, especially before the internet, it was so competitive and very cutthroat and yep. very toxic um, because you would only have X amount of um, opportunities to, to, to do anything. Um, everything yep. costs money and you'd be fighting for people's attention where you, it was just, it was, there was just, the opportunities at least appeared to be few and far between. So there wasn't a lot of alliances created between bands unless there was just, unless you had a friendship or something like that. Um, yeah. What I sort of really drilled into a lot of friends of mine over the years is that even though you might be taking, or you feel that one of your peers is taking attention away from you, you're ultimately a completely different band and a completely different style of music. Yeah. And you think from a music point of view, when you listen to music, how many different bands do you listen to each day or each week or each month? Yeah. You listen to a lot yeah. and your attention is yeah. quite wide as well. So there's enough to go around. And the more that we sort of lift yeah. everybody up, the more attention everybody gets, which then filters back into what you're doing. So it's a case of just going back to what we said before. It's it's what value can we yeah. give, give to each other um, that we might be doing something on the surface that looks very similar, but ultimately we're all unique we've all got a different point of difference um and yep. and um it just it, it's um it's just something that just raises raises the tide for everybody i agree but again you got to be strategic or like knowing who you're who you're dealing with at the same time mm. when you're lifting them up because if you pick the wrong people that can bite bite you in the ass too right so you got to be kind of careful about that i mean i'm I'm, I'll admit, I mean, you know, I mean, I've trusted people I shouldn't have trusted before, but generally I get a pretty good idea nowadays of like, you know, who I want to work with, who I don't want to work with, uh, who I think is dependable, who I don't think is dependable. Mm. And, you know, you, you kind of get a sense after a while because, you know, there, but to me, I think the main thing is that if you see another individual that is working really hard. And they appear like their intention is to lift everyone up, like you said, rather than just their own self-serving ends. I want to deal with that person. Like, it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like you can tell a person's intentions after, you know, dealing with them for a little bit. Are they all out for themselves? Are they out to help more people? You know, that type of thing. And I'm not saying like, you got to be necessarily all altruistic all the time because, you know, I care about myself, Mm. (laughs) you know, but you have to kind of like look at it from the viewpoint of, you know, um, how can this work for as many people as possible versus just work it to my advantage? Not like I want to help Andy cause Andy's going to get me business in the future and, you know, Lord will tell other people about me, la, 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 la type of a thing. That's not how you want to look at it. You want to look at it. I want to look at it from like, how can I help you increase your podcast, increase your band, that type of thing. 
And as a result of that, I know at some point it will be paid forward, even if it's not from you, you know, it's going to happen in some way, because what you put out eventually is what you get, right? So, you know, that's the main thing. But if I'm pushing up, like, for example, someone that's not a very dependable person, you know, and basically their whole intention is just to gather as much money for themselves or fame or whatever, that's going to bite me in the ass at some point too, right? So I want to be very careful about who I'm aligning with at the same time, right? And I think I think there's a very smart way of even even those people um, that may not have uh, a long term strategy or may not have the yeah. the best intentions at hand. There's a way to to even keep those people on side in a very sort of minimalistic way where totally. you're you're not uh, ruffling the feathers or or anything of the such. Yeah. You're still maintaining sort of a somewhat well as healthy of a of a connection and relationship as you possibly can with a person like that as well. And so yeah. um it's, it's civil. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the word. That's exactly it. Yeah. Civil. <laughs> but you don't want to but I mean the main thing is, yeah, be civil obviously. But I mean like if you know the person that you're dealing with is undependable and you know that they're, you know, they're all out for themselves, mm. just stay away as far as you possibly can. Don't invite them to, don't invite help, you know, don't, don't invite to help them. Don't, you know, like my whole thing is like, if I don't want to deal with someone, I generally won't, you know, unless I absolutely have to. Like if I have the person as a client, I've taken the money and I didn't realize that they were going to be this way, I will do my best to make sure the client's happy and I'll do everything I can. But in the future, I'm not going to work with them again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it's, but, it's also that association of, of yeah. you know, with your own reputation as well. So the last thing yeah. that you want is that a perceptions created that you're, you're unaware of because of, um, you know, potentially making, making a poor decision in the short term with somebody that ultimately is not going to bring you any value. And that person's, yeah. that person's cre- already creating their own reputation and you sort of just out of, out of, uh, out of being, being around them, uh, you know, suffers as well. So it's, it's, yeah, you have to, you have to have a, a degree of awareness when you're making, making those decisions to reach out to people and, and, and ultimately just be helpful. And if you see a red flag and everybody knows what a red flag is mm-hmm. almost always, like if you, if you see something that seems like a red flag, it probably is. <clears throat> so just be aware of that. Cause I've had too many times where like, I'll have someone I know tell me that they, you know, the person seemed to did something weird or they said something weird or something. And they kind of knew already it was a red flag and that the person potentially was no good, but they went anyways because they ignored their own gut instinct on it. Right. So most of the time, most people can kind of get an idea when something is off about another person, if you really pay attention, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, but I mean, obviously there's people that, you know, are very good at masking, you know, the fact that they're not good people, but gen- as a general rule, what I've found is most people you can, well, at least there's indicators that show up that the person can't be trusted or whatever, right? Like one thing I notice is that people who complain a lot or, they're really cheap and they always want a discount or, you know, they're trying to, you know, lower you down to the absolute uh, last penny type of a thing. You know, like I had someone a couple of weeks ago, they got in contact with me about PR mm. and they, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, it might've been in last month. I don't remember, but anyways. Um, and, you know, they said that they were, you know, they were having some difficulties financially. I was like, okay, fine. Right. That happens sometimes to people that doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. But this person <laughs> was like, you know, I gave them, I gave them a counter offer 
And I said, you know, since you're having a problem, you know, I'm willing to reduce it by this much. And, you know, I feel bad for you, blah, blah, blah. And I really respect that you let me know, blah, blah, blah. And they came back and kind of rudely <laughs> and they wanted lower. <laughs> so right then, right off the bat, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like if they came back and they were honestly like, I really appreciate that, but I'm fortunate I can't even afford that or something like that. I might've been willing to like help them, but it was kind of like an attitude of like, I can't believe you're, you're still charging me this much. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was the way it was framed was kind of like, you owe this to me. And I was like, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> mm. So, you know, and it's always the people that, you know, that are like that, that always expect the moon. And, you know, they're like, why aren't I on the cover of Rolling Stone? You know, I paid you $25, you know, and it's like, you only got me 50 reviews. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I basically did everything for you for free as a favor. And now you're upset, (laughs) you know? So it's like those type of people. I mean, you just don't want to be around them. Sorry if I went off on a tangent there. No, 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 it's fine. And I, um, I think the big thing that a, a good message out of that is you have to be really careful to not get sucked into that as well. Like a, a, a back yeah. and forth because it's, it's like people that deal with, um, you know, it might be in the complaints department for a business or something like that. Like you know, mm-hmm. typical, typical customer service, uh, you know, you're getting people that come in with a problem all the time and some people you're just never going to satisfy. They're never going to be happy whatsoever. Yeah. And some people that don't have the resilience themselves or, or even the awareness sometimes get sucked into it and take the, the behavior of others very personally. They think it's a personal attack, yeah. but the really, the really important thing to remember is that if they're being an absolute tight ass with you and they're being inappropriate with the way that they're requesting things, asking for things, conversing with you more than likely, um, they're, they're, they're doing that with everybody they're interacting with, you know, right, yep. right from every other person within a similar space to you, to friends and family, to the strangers on the yep. street, everything. And so yep. they're just, they're just a naturally, um, unhappy person or somebody that's not satisfied in anything that they're doing and lack the skills or the awareness or, or the care to be able to think of other people. Um, and so I think when people sort of take the step back and go, ah, this person is basically just existing in their own bubble. Um, it's not actually, yeah. this is not, this is not about me. This is not about my business. This is not about anything this person is interacting with me about. This is about them. Then you sort of go, yeah. okay, cool. And that's when you can cut the ties a lot cl- cleaner and quicker and sort of move yeah. on then rather than sort of uh, feeding the trolls, so to speak. Because, um, I, I mean, I even had one the other day. I put it on Twitter just as a laugh. Um, I, 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 I kind of feel like this person was just, be, just trolling me anyway. But um, I was selling – I sell some uh, band, band uh, CDs on eBay just to just have another little opportunity for people to buy stuff. And um, somebody messaged me and asked for free shipping. And so yeah. I asked them – Oh, where are you located? And they they said somewhere in the US, and and the CD mm-hmm. was like twenty Australian dollars, and I just and I, I just I laughed because I thought, man, it's going to cost me almost as much to send this CD over. Basically, I'm giving away the CD, so I just said, look, unfortunately, I can't do that. Yeah. Blah blah blah. This person, and then I, and I also thought, well, this is an opportunity. This is a lead for me. So if this person's genuine, yeah. I'll I'll try to capture this person because you can't in eBay at least you can't give links, you can't plug things. You got to try and be very calculated with the way that you drop information in there. Um, so I just said, look, if you, if you message us on our Facebook page, um, the band page, I'll have a chat to you and see if we can work out some things. I've got a bunch of offers on at the moment and maybe I can work out some discounts, etc." And this person mm-hmm. came back and responded and said, uh, no worries, this is too expensive. And then straight away I thought, 
well, okay, oh, okay, that's fine. I'm like, well, way wasting my time. But then before, I, I was just going to leave it at that. I thought, well, that's fine. We'll we'll go off on our separate ways. But then the person sent another message straight after. It was almost like they had another thought, and they just wrote your loss. And I just, and I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there at home with my wife, and I'm I'm across the table from a. We're having a coffee or something, and I tell her, and she goes, "Oh well, I'll leave you to it because she knows what I'm like. I'll, I'll run with this." And so I sent yep. I sent a message back, and I just and I I overserviced this. I just I fed into this troll too much, but I just said, "Well, oh, the loss would have been me actually sending you the CD." Um, and I feel like the only thing that I've lost at the moment is me spending time replying to your message. Um, and then I've just said, "I've given you heaps of options here. I'm trying to be helpful. Um, please don't try to be a dick about it." And then they just came back and said, "Well, you've actually see uh, something really very juvenile, or something like, see, I told you you lost, or something like that." And then wrote some weird sort of acronym or something like that, which I found out was some Indonesian slang for "you're lame" or something like that. And I just and I left it That's that. I, I didn't I didn't do anything more. And then I thought, who is this person? Are they just is it is it a bot? Is it? I've got no idea whatsoever. So anyway, at the yeah. silver lining of all this is I, I managed to turn that into a Twitter post and, and post it online as a bit of a bit of uh, lighthearted uh, humour. But um, but you realise that people like that, if it if it's a legit person and they legitimately thought that they were trying to get a CD off me for for dirt cheap. Um, more than likely yeah. they've sent 20 of those messages on the same day to lots of different people and they don't like yeah. being told no. Um, and that's why they respond the way that they do. And they're hoping that maybe in the past what they've done is by um, putting up a fight and pushing buttons that maybe people in the past have sort of backed down or crumbled a little bit and they've been able to get what they want. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, they'll just spread them out and send as many of those messages out each day. And then, you know, and that's, that's the tone and that's their approach. And and you just can't, you just can't feed it. And I, I even felt like I fed it a little bit more than it should have. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, but you get, you get that stuff quite often. And um, for me, I don't, I don't lose sleep over that stuff anymore when I get people interacting really inappropriately because you just know that that's just them. That's it's, it's their bubble. It's their world. Um, they're trying to get yeah. me into their bubble, um, and I don't need to. I'm, I'm quite happy and content doing what I'm doing. The mod- the, the lesson here is stay away from other people's bubbles. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I like that. We should call that the episode title. Definitely. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'll wrap it up now, but um, another another good chat. I'll, I'll tell you what, as I said before, I think uh, what I'll be doing for the most uh, for the rest of the day today is I'm going to be um, annoying people on Twitter and uh, responding to things. Oh, and, uh, I'll be trolling you in about 10 minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Probably 20 actually, but 10, 10 to 20 minutes. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, man. Another good chat. We'll, um, we, yep. we'll have to do it round three sometime soon. Um, we'll, we'll lock something in and, uh, We'll just keep it rolling. Cool. Hey, now I highly, 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 highly recommend that you go and follow Curtis on the socials on Facebook, Instagram, and especially Twitter. Twitter's a lot of fun, as you would have heard from uh, the previous chats with Curtis. And um, of course, go to duarpr.wordpress.com. You can just search for Curtis Duar or Duarpr on the socials. And of course, you can just get all the direct links in the show notes over at andysocial.net or andydowling.net or whatever you're listening to right now. You should be able to click on the links and get straight through to these pages. Massive thank you to Curtis, as you would have just heard, and in the previous episode with Curtis, just um, a wealth of knowledge, so many great ideas and insights, and just a top guy to be able to talk to. And I'm no doubt, I have no doubts that uh, Curtis will be on the podcast sometime again in the future as well. So uh, just a, a, a great guy to have on the podcast, and uh, the cogs are always turning when we chat. So really, really cool. Now. 
moving along, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'm on Patreon. If you want to support me and the podcast, you can uh, get over there, patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. Support starts from only a dollar a month. It's dirt cheap. Um, it's just a little feel-good payment if you just want to throw a buck my way. Um, and it just, it all builds. It, it It's a massive contribution to the podcast. Um, there are costs associated with, with uh, running a podcast, which I have no problems with paying. But um, when I get the support, it just takes some of that financial burden off. And just almost guarantees that this podcast just continues on for as long as I possibly can. I'd love to see this just go on for years and years and years and become an old, gray, grumpy old man still trying to talk to people and spit shit. Um, I think that'd be amazing. So um, help me do that. And you can jump on Patreon. Um, you can support with um, uh, additional uh, dollar, dollary dues, um, some higher tiers there where you get access to uh, Patreon-exclusive podcast episodes and other goodies um, there as well. So come, come on over and join. It's a great little community. It's a slow build. I'm really enjoying it though. Um, and it's just a great way to keep inspired and motivated and also have some accountability. Like you've got people like financially investing in this podcast, supporting this podcast. And so now I've, I've got a real commitment to up the ante and just continue to make this podcast bigger and better. Thanks to these legends. Speaking of legends, my social circle, which is my top tier, I've got a few shout outs to make. These guys are massive, massive contributors to the podcast and just just these guys are accelerating this podcast to really take it to the next level. So a massive thank you to Andrew from Perth, Mick G from Sydney, Ash from Daniloquin, Daniloquin. Oh, I, I trip over that so much. Ash from Daniloquin, Dan from Tapto. Uh, we got Rod from Rayleigh in North Carolina. We've got Saul from Oxford in the UK, Patrick from Canberra, Liam from Brisbane and Chris from Sydney. You legends. Thank you so much. Massive, massive help uh, to me and the podcast, and uh, just um, I'm I'm loving I'm loving the love that you guys are giving me. So it's just yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if uh, if Patreon's not your thing, uh, there are plenty of other ways to support the podcast. The usual shit, ratings and reviews, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, are, are massive, and just sharing the podcast around. A bit of social media love goes a long way. But the fact that you're listening to me waffle on, carry on, spit shit right now is incredible. So thank you very much. AndyDowling.net is a place to go. We have another great podcast episode coming next week. I don't even know who it is because I haven't got my notes in front of me, and that's how unorganized I am. But there is somebody fantastic next week, and I can't wait to share it with you. Until then, folks, take care and ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.